Hey everybody, welcome back to the Without Context podcast, the wrestling division that we have kind of set up here in shop with the three of us. Those uh, three. The three that yeah. cover most of the wrestling stuff. And today's episode is going to be our top 10s women's wrestlers for 2022, uh, part two of the three-parter that we are working on here. Um, if you follow the wrestling scene, you will know the news that we got yesterday. Um, Jamin Pugh, who most of you may know as Jay Briscoe, one half of the Briscoes, uh, passed away tragically in a car crash. Um, he was 38, and Tony Khan and a bunch of other wrestling personalities, you know, took to Twitter to send their love and condolences. Um, the news that we currently have for everything is he and the other driver were killed. His daughters are in the hospital. One of them is injured, but recovering. The other one, unfortunately, is going into surgery with the chance of paralysis. So it is kind of a shitty situation here. Um, so we hope the best for their family and everything, especially his brother, Mark. Um, I didn't look up his real name uh, for this, but Mark Briscoe. Uh, send everything to him. It's kind of been a shitty week for wrestling because also Kevin Nash on his podcast had some comments that made people worry about him. Um, as we know, he lost his son about 12 weeks ago and he doesn't seem to be taking it well. Uh, some of the jokes he's making are kind of dark and everything. So, I mean, send some love to Kevin Nash as well. He's had a pretty rough year too. Uh, yeah, not only pretty, losing his son, but yeah. also Scott Hall within two weeks of each other, I believe. Uh -huh. It was a very unfortunate, it's a very unfortunate time in wrestling right now. So we'd like to dedicate this episode and our tag team episode uh, to the Briscoes and their family and everything. I mean, we're just a small podcast, but, you know, we still love the sport and the performers. And at 38, at 38, I mean, he's roughly our age. So 38 is four years older than me. That is horrifying to think about. Yeah, I mean, it's it was an act to me. I mean, it's a tragic accident. We've had a lot of those, you know, loving wrestling growing up. You know, Eddie Guerrero uh, was probably the last, like, big one that was just, like, a tragedy. Uh, a lot me. of guys, you know, it's just more natural causes or their habits catching up to them a mm -hmm. lot of the time. But stuff like this is just, you know, so sudden and all that. So we don't want to start it. We didn't want to start something on a somber note, but it is kind of you know, the big news right now, and it is something that is affecting the wrestling industry as a whole. Yeah, um, just prayers and love to, uh, Brisco, yeah. uh, to the Briscoes and their family, and Kevin Nash himself, you know, having to lose your best friend and your son within that short period of time. Yeah, it was like two or three I weeks. Can't, I can't even imagine what the hell he's going through mentally, so, yeah. you know, love and light to all of them, love and light to the Briscoes. Um, this has just been a tragic week for pro wrestling, it really has. It and, has. Uh, I mean, it's been rough, too, because I think one of, the, like, NXT's, uh, like, lower card people, the people who are still going up in the ranks, uh, Amari Miller, I think is her name, uh, she announced on her TikTok, she came out and said that she had attempted suicide as yeah. well. So, I mean, the wrestling industry is just kind of going through a lot right now. And uh, we, we would want the best for these performers, you know? We don't want them to go out there and legitimately hurt themselves and everything, but, I mean, this industry does take its toll on people in different ways I, I will say that uh and i feel like this will be like the last thing we talk about before we get into the actual list yeah. um 
having those conversations about, hey, I, you know, I attempted this. I'm still here. I'm okay. I'm in a good place, a better place now. You know, having those conversations via TikTok or whatever social media you want to use are important. Um, especially if you are, uh, if you are out there um, and normalizing, normalizing that it's okay to know that these, that these feelings exist, but not to act on them. Yeah. Um, normalizing that, uh, normalizing, getting that out there so that other people who may be feeling similar uh, can, you know, see this and, 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 you know, think, Hey, they're just, you know, not just not to harp on the parasocial relationship thing, but, you know, just normalize that those feelings are normal. They are valid. Um, and to seek help if you need it. Yeah, you got to normalize the conversation. Yeah, don't be afraid to open up, man. Yeah. Because uh, holding that stuff in is just not good for anybody these days, especially in the time we live in. So um, if you need help, seek it. Yeah. So with that uh, being said, and you know, our wishes sent to the various wrestlers and their families and everything of what has been a hell of a week uh, for the industry. Uh, let's move on to some brighter terms and go on to part two, where we talk about our favorite women's wrestlers of last year. Yes. Uh, I think we're going to have very similar lists with a few things uh, here and there, but I definitely think it's been a very solid year for women's wrestling in 2022. It is. It has been an improvement. I think it is improvement. Like, it isn't perfect. Like there's still dynamite only has you know one women's match a, a show for example. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely an improvement. Yeah, in yeah. terms of uh, quality too, I think it's just been like a general improvement yes. as well. Like match, we, we're match just quality seeing, has definitely gone up. We're seeing a lot of improvement from wrestlers in WWE. We're seeing you know better chemistry in AEW. Uh, with certain matchups, uh, people, I mean, people on my list, my number 10, Jade Cargill, she's improved a lot over her title reign uh, from when she first started, uh, at least in ring. She's definitely shown some improvements, so she's actually putting into work to, you know, to be that champion that they are really booking her to be. And I don't know where this road ends, honestly, like, I... I respect the hell out of her because honestly, she could have just stayed, you know, mid uh, or even less than mid. Like she could have just stayed like that, cut like, you know, mid league promos and still probably been booked the same way. But she chose to improve. Yeah. And I respect yeah. that. Uh, I do not have Jade Cargo on my list. though. I had her at number 10 also. So I guess we can just hop right into this. And another or thing, too, that, uh, um, as well as uh, what Dallas said, Jade Cargo kind of does that. Kind of does something that some of the other women I think in AEW are still kind of developing it. She has charisma and stage presence. She's nailed that per to perfection. She has okay. a presence. She has the presence. She has the uh, charisma to pretty much overcome some of the things that she's, you know, improving on over time. You know, everybody, and you know, and I get it. You know, people always like oh, she has, she can't wrestle that much, and she her promos are kind of average, and it is about the same. But it's like, listen, she's been in the business two years. Okay, there's always room for improvement with her, and she acts and like Dallas stated, she is putting in the work. As a matter of fact, she has gone to Dan Brian Danielson, you know, 
for you know advice and things to do, you know, to improve on her in ring skills. So yeah, she's, I mean, she's sought that improvement. She hasn't. She's gone to one probably one of the best technical wrestlers of this generation too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, so, how can I, you know, do some of this stuff better? I mean, it's she's going for help, which is something that also a lot of people don't want to do because of ego. You know, it's like, hey, I got here because of my talents. Now I'm here is because they picked me up for me. And everybody thinks that they can stay the same. But I mean, yeah. you have to improve. I, yeah, I've harped it? on this a lot about uh, wrestling in general. You can teach someone how to do the do a headlock. You can't teach somebody to do a when well. to do that. To <laughs> when to no 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 no. You can teach someone to do a headlock well. You can't teach somebody when to do the headlock and uh, when to like uh, how to accentuate it and make it the most important headlock in the world. Yeah. Um, so, so, like y'all said about having uh, a presence, uh, she definitely has that in spades. I didn't have her on my list because I think I still think she's kind of novice, but I do. I do like respect her going into the uh, getting getting the work done or getting getting the work in. It's hard work and dedication, man. I mean, you can't argue with that. Uh, you have can't. you also have to solidify your place in this business. You know, like if you don't improve, nobody's going to want to, you know, you. pick you up when a contract's up for renewal or when you're released from a company. It's like, why would we want them? They just do the same thing. They've shown no signs of wanting to get better. You know, she started in AEW, right? Like she just like is a homegrown talent. Yeah, I think she's a uh, uh, straight homegrown, like AEW talent. Like, cannot get more homegrown than that. Like, nope. people can call, for example, I'd say John Moxley homegrown because he started, but like, no, she's day one AEW. Yeah, yeah. Who was uh, your number ten, Daka? Uh, well, I want to jump back a little bit because I had I actually had an honorable mention. Sure. Uh I had Sarah Logan as an honorable mention. Um Sarah Logan not single-handedly, but kind of interested me back in the Viking Raiders. And I think that in itself is remarkable enough <laughs> that I put her as an honorable mention. Because I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I couldn't give a fuck about the the Viking Raiders. Once they left NXT they just I just stopped caring about them. Like exactly, was, that's the Vince effect. Yeah, because they got like, to the main roster and they just had them doing weird shit with the Viking. The Raiders. Viking experience. Yeah, yeah they changed was, the name like twice. That stuck in my craw for a while, and uh, but <laughs> I think I don't even think they're doing anything different. But having Sarah Logan there to like you know cheer them on as they're doing it, uh, having that manager to actually talk for them. Or, you know, at the very least, the the valet type situation to come in and like, you know, sound the horn, as it were. I think I think um, I think that's remarkable enough to warrant an honorable mention. Uh, She hasn't been doing any. She hasn't been in a match as far as I know yet. I don't think Um, so. But she's just been in a managerial role. Yeah. And I'm I'm all for that. If she if she just wants to be a manager for the Viking Raiders, you do you, boo boo. It's just it's just like it's just a stark contrast too because like she can get in her role as manager, she can get you hyped for a tag team that people have kind of forgotten about. But then you have a manager like Scarlet who's perfect, but we just don't care about Cross. Like it's just Yeah. It's like Cross has the best manager in WWE and just nobody cares about him as a wrestler. It yep. it works both ways. 
It it it's, does. Yeah. It it really does. Uh, but my number ten was Alexa Bliss. Okay. Uh, she showed up like halfway through the year, I believe. Yeah, she came back about uh, came back to like the prominence about halfway through the year. Yeah, and um, you know, she's kind of floated around here and there. Uh, two time tag team champion at this point, just in that time. I think with so. Oscar. Yeah, it was her and Oscar had one, and uh, her and Nikki. Cross her, 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 her Nikki, Nikki Cross was before that she was left. Like, yeah, that was like last. Yeah, yeah, that was last year. And then uh, she's been in the program with she's kind of been involved in programs with Damage Control, and now she's in the program against Bianca. Uh, that kind of started before the New Year, so I'm gonna count it. Yeah, uh, but her uh, back to the Bray story. Yeah, I, I'm I'm okay with that. They're a good like, pairing. They're a good pairing. I've seen her in interviews where she's just talking about how like how much of a creative like Bray is. And, you know, what the processes he does to, like, have uh, a good character have inspired her to, like, work on her own character work. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's uh, I think that's remarkable. And I think I like I like that she has those conversations because, again, uh, the way that we used to see women's wrestling is that it just used to be they could have just like flopped around for five minutes. And that was that. But they are genuinely looking for ways to improve. and good for them yeah, yeah I, mean, I think we've, i think we've come a long way from the you know 15 minute bra and panty matches back in the day we yeah. it, it's been a weird dynamic because like it was like the house show matches back in like the 90s and then like when the attitude era started it was like here's the bra and panties the like mud matches and everything and then it's like throughout the ruthless aggression before aj lee came on and kind of sparked that whole uh revolution everything it was like here's the five minute match that people jokingly called the bathroom match where you're like okay i'm gonna go use the bathroom and then i'll be back yeah like yeah. and it's just like it has shown like there's just this incredible like stark difference between you know those time frames now especially with like the quality of women performers that mm-hmm. places like aw and wwe have picked up over the last few years I mean, um, they got they got Io Shirai in a stable, like serving a second fiddle, and I'm like, just make her a solo star, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I went back, I watched her the shit that she did in Lucha Underground. It was her. Uh, it was her Kyrie and um. It was yeah. It was it was uh, Yeah, it was the three of them as like a faction beating up Penta. They had matches against Penta. I was like, where is where is this? <laughs> like, like the, the best thing I remember from that episode was when she got on top of Dario's office and she did like that moonsault from off the office on the Penta. Yeah, and like everybody just went crazy over that because he was like the first woman to do that in the entirety of Lucha Underground. She had the one. By the way, I really do miss that show. I mean, they're kind I'm, of bringing that shit back. Like we got on the well, dark and, match, we got Cage versus Willie Mac again, and I'm like. It was it's, a really good match too. I it, I watched it. It was so I have good. To go back and watch that. Honestly. Big guys should not move like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, like it's that's unnatural. The, that's the thing about Willie Mack. I'm like this guy's huge and he moves like this. Like it's ridiculous. I will say we said that about Keith Lee and well, it, that caught up to him pretty quickly. Yeah, and I'm liking. Uh, I can't wait to see Keith Lee come back too because they kind of did the cinder block spot with him too. Yeah. Right. Um. Uh, but yes, anyway. I have a just a thing. Um, we'll get back to Alexa Bliss on my list later. She's a little higher than uh, than Decca's here. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's move on to an, uh, you had Jade as well for number 10 and right X. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we'll move on to number nine. I had Julia Hart. She's a, <laughs> she's another good rookie that AEW has developed into a great like manager role. Um, I know she's being trained by Dustin Rhodes. So the improvement is there and it is seen whenever she does have a match on dark. They've been far and few between, I think, but everything she's doing in terms of character work for House of Black is fantastic. Uh, they've really. Who's, who's, whose promo was that? Was that really? I think I don't think it wasn't. It wasn't Julia Hart. It was one of the other ones. And that's I think that's a problem I have with. Uh, uh, we'll get to that tangent in a sec. Uh, when you when you made your point, but oh, who's the one that had the promo? Is like, you know me, you don't know me, you don't know me. That was Marina Shafir. Was it? I believe. Yeah. She's really waiting for Roderick Strong to get out of NXT. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's that like, was, yeah. that was that was awful. That was it? I, I, Marina Shafir was... is in such a weird spot because like they were booking her as a monster in NXT when she was there. But then it's like afterwards, it just seems like everything about her got exposed, like her inability to wrestle, her inability to cut promos. It's like, gosh, she really does need like somebody carrying her through these matches. Oh, that was that was her. <laughs> OK, cool. Yeah, that was I do not have Marina Shafir on my list. I don't either. I, don't I, do I forget she wrestles for AW sometimes <laughs> like. Uh, um, but yeah, sorry. But Julia Hart's like a character change from you know the cheerleader in uh, Varsity Blondes, who are still a great tag team. I want uh, Griff Garrison to get back from injury so they can become a thing again. Ah, uh, that's what happened. I was just about. Yeah, to ask. no, I I got confused. I was like, what happened to Varsity Blondes? Because I seen Brian Pillman Jr. around every now and then. Uh, Griff Garrison had to go under for surgery, so he's been out of it. And, if but, I, and I noticed, and, and I'll, and um, let me stop you right there for a second. And I noticed something on AEW lately that um, they changed the Varsity Blondes name to just the Blondes because they have like another Varsity group in there now. Yeah, the, vars- the yeah, the Varsity athletes. Because I yeah. think uh, uh, yeah, they, Smart Mark they, Sterling they, stole the yes. name. <laughs> yeah, Smart le- Mark Sterling legally legally acquired the name. Yeah, it's a great little uh, like mid card joke that's going. on. Yeah. I love the little like things that just. Uh, Mark Sterling gets into in the mid card. He's like that great <laughs> connecting force for like the mid card of AEW. Uh, him and uh, him and Stokely, like they can just set up a bunch of feuds because they're just there meandering around. Oh, you yeah, raggedy I love bitch! One liners, man. You but, raggedy uh, bitch! <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, Julia Hart, like that character change from cheerleader to like witch and everything, and she's done it so well. And it's just a. Uh, I think having Malachi Black and uh, Brody King with her are definitely like giving her pointers and everything to help mm-hmm. the character work because those two guys are like character wrestlers mm-hmm. uh, and cr- the creative types as well. So I think she and she's still relatively young. I think she's 23, 24. Something so like she's Something got years ahead of her with this. And I can only see improvements considering how fast the improvements been for her over the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Who do you got for uh, number nine there, Decca? I have Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose had such a great year. She literally went to NXT to reinvent herself. 
She did it. And then what happens? She gets booted for some bullshit. Shit that Vince uh, would have promoted her for if he was no, no. still there. I, I think no. I'm going to go into that because I had her a little higher on my list. I'll go into that a little more, you know, yeah. a little bit later. Yeah, I, I, I think no, uh, you say that. I think Vince would have said uh, no, unless you're doing it for WWE. That's fair. I think, I think that's Vince. I think that's the Vince. That's the Vince move. She was making money on her. She was making more money on her personal thing, and that's what they did not appreciate. Yeah, exactly. It's like it was. It's like that with like when they when the, a lot of them were doing Twitch streams. Yeah. Just get with the just get with the fucking times, guys. You're you're con They're contractors. They can make money elsewhere. <laughs> they're not your they're employees. Not, they're, I mean, they're not they contractors, though. They're Cameo. treating them like employees without giving the benefits. Yeah, yeah, they had like an uproar over Cameo a while back, too, which was, you know, they resolved. They were they were pushing Cameo. They were pushing, yeah, until they said, no, we, you, we, don't, we don't want you doing that. We're not making money off of it. Old man yells at Cloud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Man Mandy Rose, like, had, uh, I think, a whole, like, character renaissance in 2022 uh and all of the great matches she had in, 20, in nxt uh even just you know her promo work improved she was having promos and her promo work improved it's wild how that happens when you start doing the thing and you get better at it over time right um but yeah she was solid solidly number nine for me uh probably doc docked a few points not for anything under her control but just the unceremonious way she was booted. Yeah, on losing title on a Wednesday night and then being released from the company. Yeah. <laughs> just like so kind, so, kind of all kind that of shit, all that shit she did and they did her dirty like that. Like Yeah. It's ridiculous. Who you got, X? Uh I had Willow Nightingale number nine. Um mm -hmm. see the thing is with Willow Nightingale, uh oftentimes when you and when they have women doing the smiley, happy, you know, happy-go-lucky gimmick, it's rather annoying. It really is. I'm not going to lie. Um, Kylie Ray, to no end, she, she, did it. she did that gimmick, and it ran its course really fast. I think Willow Nightingale just pulls it off. She does that thing so she's well. A great and then baby she's face. Super, yeah. She's a great baby face, and then she's just super tough at the same time, which that's a hard, that's a hard mix to blend. Right there, you know, yeah, it's like making a fucking chocolate brownie, you know, chocolate chip brownie cake, you know what I'm saying? So she just does that shit so well, and it comes off so natural with her. And on top of that, she just goes in there and just has bangers of matches, you know, kind of like the one we seen most recently on AEW Dynamite with uh, Willow Knight and with uh, Ruby Soho, excuse me, but anyway, she's just. Yeah, and I'm glad they signed her. You know, she was a really good pickup. She was a much needed add to that division. Yeah, and I mean, it was it's something that this year, but people are there is reason to criticize her for the table spot off the stage. She did kind of overshoot it, and you know, Anna completely missed the fucking table coming down. Yeah, but at the but same if you time, look I'll... at it, she did not like just release her. She waited until she went through the table and then put. Yeah, Anna down. Like there is still some safety behind it too for, you know, I've what it Bubba, was. I've seen Bubba Ray Dudley do that spot a lot, um, during the Attitude Era in WWE, and that's pretty much how he does it. Like he literally plants his ass through the table 
and they go and the other person goes on the ground. Yeah, another you know, way so. is to, you know, go off and go to the side so you both go through. Right. But uh the way this all like it doesn't look like Anna came down like with full force onto the concrete. There did look like there was some safety there. So I understand yeah. the criticism. I mean, she is still new. This was probably the first time she's done a spot like that. And I was like, why don't you practice spots? Do you want to practice that spot? Like, do you want to do that multiple times before For having real. to go out and do it in front of somebody? Like, that's only increasing the risk of, you that's, know, some yeah, fucking that's injury. That's absolutely like one take at most. Yeah. And I mean, and it's fine. It was a tape sh thing and there wasn't any announcement of injury. So it's like everything like worked out. I mean, it did look a little really, rough, but you know, really don't have no out. foul. Also kind of showing just Anna's fucking out. tough if she can take that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Um, Yeah, Will is on my list uh, much, much higher than that. So we'll go. We'll round back around to that. Uh, but yeah, you're right. She is a great pickup uh, for AEW. And I think she, too, is relatively young. Maybe mid to late 20s. Something like that, yeah. And oh yeah, it's just like a great like presence as like a baby face like the crowd always seems to be behind her too even the losses uh she looks tough she looks tough in losses too so it's definitely not something that's detrimental to her especially uh if you have time to build her up and everything yeah i mean the key i mean the best thing about baby the, the key to building baby faces is to have them be actually likable and that's the best thing about willow nightingale willow nightingale she's really likable so yeah. it works uh Moving on to number eight, I think. Number eight. Yep. Uh, you, I have. Oh. Uh, well, what's up? No, I I was, I forgot where we were for a sec. Like yeah. In, in the in the numbers. <laughs> yeah, I was noticing Go I should. It. I was noticing I should talk about like frame drops. I didn't know if I was breaking up or not. Uh. I got good. Number eight. I have a. Uh, I have Sheeta. She didn't really do a lot last year. The whole title picture scene was kind of. You know, Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker. So she kind of took a backseat to that. But in recent weeks, you know, she started making a comeback and is getting put back into that world title picture. Where, honestly, she belongs. Like, even if she's never with the title, she should always be involved in the title scene. The crowd loves her. Like, she is one of AEW's, like, original, not homegrown towns, but she was there and people took to her instantly as a performer. And she's just fucking awesome in the ring. Yeah, she's mostly my honorable my honorable mention as well. Because um from the kind of year that she had before she dropped the title to Britt Baker, she was pretty much single-handedly carrying that women's division at the time. And pretty much at the time where, you know, there were no fans because of the pandemic, she was pretty much a bright spot on AEW television every week. And yeah, she kind of took a back seat to when JB Hader, Tony Storm, and Britt Baker all had their moment. But overall, she has still been pretty strong you know, on television. And yeah, she's wrestled a few matches on Dark, but I mean, she's just been there and she's a reliable performer. And that, and most recently, that match with Jamie Hayter was probably one of the best AEW's women's matches I've seen since the company started. So and when, you get, when you get a British wrestler and a Japanese wrestler together, they're going to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's right. That's, that's what they worked. were trained to do. The the <laughs> magnetic force between the two of them where they and it ends when one of them throws a chop. Yeah. 
because that that's how they wrestle over that's there. How they they beat the fuck out of each other. They that's beat how it works. The living shit out of each other, and I uh-huh. love it. Yeah. Uh, okay, who you got for number eight? Uh, I have uh Miriam. Miriam. Mi- Michin. Yeah. Uh, again, another one that showed up towards the end of the year. So weighed a little weighed against that. Uh, but immediately like jumped in with uh, AJ Styles and the the Good Brothers. Um, what's up with them? I haven't seen them in a hot minute. Are they injured? AJ's injured. AJ's injured. Where are the Good Brothers? Ankle. Uh, the Good Brothers I think are backburnered with AJ being injured. Gotcha. That's unfortunate. That's probably why anyway. Mia. I think in uh, the ones of this week, uh, Mia got beaten because they're not oh. like in the full full like picture right now. Well, that uh, well, that's fine. Uh, she's that they're putting her out there, and yeah. wh- while they're relegating the Good Brothers, is speaks ki- kind of speaks for itself, you know. Yeah. Um, and after having like a tumultuous like the previous year or so with her and Keith Lee, you know, contracting COVID, and then having to deal with all the all of the COVID symptoms uh, from that, and getting fired while having COVID, if the reports are true. Yep, you know, a wave of releases that came out last year. Yeah, um, after doing all of that, um, just coming back into it, like coming back into it, like like you know, she had that she had that one appearance. Did she have an appearance in AEW? No, she went, went to no, Impact. She, she went to Impact. That's what it was. Yeah, she went to Impact for about six or seven months, and then went back to WWE. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so yeah, uh, just like having you know getting back up and getting back on the horse as it were yeah. uh and showing that tenacity uh gave me a lot of respect for her yeah and it, it does kind of suck that their group kind of took a backseat but i think it was at a house show aj uh broke his ankle mm-hmm. so he's been shelved uh, for a while which means plans for the good brothers probably shelved while judgment day moves on to the usos now mm-hmm. uh who do you got for number eight x I had Coyote at number eight. Um, when she left WWE, I think it was what twenty twenty one, I believe. Yeah. Um, she went back to Japan, and I thought she was just gonna retire. You know, I guess she was at that point where, in her career, where she just wanted to move on and wanted to kind of settle down a little bit and wrestle less. But you know, she comes back to Japan and just goes on this run. She goes back to stardom, faces a lot of the top talent there, like uh, Mayu Iwatani and such, and just has these banger matches. They announced this IWGP tournament for the women's for the women's title, and she just goes through everybody and wins it. You know, having stellar, fantastic matches along the way. Uh, that's something to respect. You know, it just shows you that Kyrie Kyrie is still resilient, and yeah. she can still be a top level performer wherever she goes. And that's probably why they entrusted her with building up the uh, women's division in the IWGP or in the IWGP uh, world title picture in New Japan. And now we got Mercedes Monet coming in. And next month, they're probably just going to have a banger of a match like they did with WWE a couple years ago. They're going to beat and the that, shit out of each other. Right? <laughs> yeah, I will, just like they I, did. I will say it's a shame that, that, that Mercedes' attack didn't go quite as planned yeah her new like, finisher i definitely the nerves. 
yeah, no, for sure. I definitely saw where they were going with that, but it it it's you know it's the one take aspect of Wrestling. you know a live live television event. Yeah, but Kyrie just had a stellar year, you know, away from WWE, and then she's the current IWGP Women's World Champion. The first, okay, so the first one. So New Japan obviously trusts her to put on these fantastic matches. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what she's doing. I mean, last thing, like bring back to the Lucha Underground thing, like her, uh, EO and uh, Mayu, like they were like the top three stardom performers for like the longest period of time. And they were the ones tr- going to other promotions. They were the ones, you know, traveling the world and everything and getting that exposure. And, you know, uh, Ky- Kyrie going to WWE and getting that exposure and then being like the tag team champs with Asuka. In the yep. NXT champion, she beat Shayna Baszler for that title. Yeah, and then it's just like, hey, we're going to go back to Japan with all this, you know, new eyes on me and everything. Let's bring these new eyes to stardom and new Japan and all you that. You won that May Young tournament, right? Yes, uh, he did. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I think they put, like, first. Yeah, they put like all of their baskets into Kairi Sane. They put all, of, yeah. And now uh, she's and, back to and being And then they violent. released her. Yeah, and now she's back to being violent little Kyrie Hojo. So. Uh, I have I have Kyrie at number seven. Cool. Uh, yes, yeah, so we want to uh, number seven then. I had Sky Blue, kind of a middle of the middle of the list thing. Great rookie year, from what I've seen. I mean, she's called in to you know entertain the crowd. She has a great connection to the crowd. You know, when she comes in, she's probably going to lose the match unless it's like a dark match or something. Um, but for, but I mean, she's young too. Like, I think she's like 22, 23. And I mean, she's already showing like a great level of wrestling ability. So I can only see where this career is going to go. Uh, I don't know if she's signed with AEW. I know she's been working under like a weird contract with them. Oh, she's signed with AEW, I think. Uh, I I know some time ago I was reading that they were work. She was being worked by a, like per appearance pay. Oh, or something. Uh, I don't remember it exactly, but yeah, I mean, she's a fixture in AEW as like another one of those like happy baby face wrestlers, but like the crowd loves her. And uh, I can always hope that, you know, she improves more and gets more screen time. I would love to see where that career goes. And then we got Deca with Kyrie. I've got Kyrie, yeah. Much for many of the same reasons as you guys mentioned. Uh, like, for many wrestlers, like for many wrestlers, what they do is they get rid of from WWE, their dream job, and it's such a gut punch to them that they just go to back to like, they go back to the to um, no shade against like look your local indies, but let's face it, it's not it's not the WWE, it's not New Japan, it's not it's not it's not even Impact or like you know anything like that. Um, it's just you know the the bingo halls, as it were. And uh, for Kyrie to not only get, she gets released because she wanted to be with her family. Uh, it's okay, Kyrie, your secret's safe with me. <laughs> um, uh, and and you know takes a little, takes some time off, and then just puts on banger after banger after banger in New <laughs> Japan and stardom is just. I can't. I'm. I am definitely also looking forward to Kyrie Mercedes Monet. I can only imagine the war that they're going to have with each other, especially uh-huh. fucking unleashed outside of WWE like rules and everything. 
And it's in San Jose too, so American crowd. Yeah. So these two. San Jose, it's San Jose crowd. San Jose crowd. It's gonna be a hot crowd. <laughs> I'm so excited. What it's gonna do? What? Uh, we'll get to X's uh, number seven. I actually want to see what that card is. So, yeah, pull it up. Yeah. So we'll get to. Uh, you good with your seven there? Yeah. Uh, All right. So uh, yeah, what do you uh, have? X for number seven. Uh, Mandy Rose at number seven for a lot of reasons y'all talked about earlier. Um, you know, again, it's a more of a charisma and stage presence thing with Mandy Rose. You know, yeah, she's improved a lot in the ring. Okay, she actually, um, she actually had some really, really decent matches this year, especially that one she had with that triple threat with Blair Davenport and what was it, Mako Satomura to unify the titles. That was really amazing. Okay, and then she had a really banger of a match with Alba Fire as well. But Mandy Rose's character work improved leaps and bounds from when she was blonde Mandy Rose. Okay, because yeah. and floundering on the main roster. They finally found a direction for her and she ran in that direction with it. Okay. She formed toxic attraction. They pushed them as, you know, I would say, you know, sex symbols. You know, to get the teen, you know, I guess to get, you know, the 18 to 34s riled up. Yeah. I I like I liked that though, you know, because it wasn't it wasn't doing it wasn't doing it strictly and she's not like going like this to the crowd, you know? No. It's, it's just really you know yeah, it's subtle and it's like I'm hot and you're not. It's you attitude know, era light. Yeah. Well, attitude era light, but it's also oh, like boy. It's that you want to be me with me, but you can't be with me type of situation. Exactly. Yeah. So I uh, found the uh, battle battle in the valley, uh, twenty twenty three, and uh, this card looks fucking stacked. Honestly, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we got the Kyrie versus Mercedes match, which is going to be a fucking banger. Uh, we got Kazuchika Okada or Shingo Takagi versus uh, to be determined. I guess it's whoever. Uh, wins the IGP World Heavyweight match, or not? That would probably be Kazuchika Okada and and uh, okay, yeah, I don't know that Eddie Kingston versus Jay White, which is just going to be two guys beating the shit out of each other. Yep, yet again. However long, uh, Tom Lawler versus Homicide. That's gonna be good. Bobby Homicide in a minute. Yeah, uh, Bobby Fish versus David David Finlay versus Bobby Fish is just going to be a good old fashioned. Uh, like beat down too, especially you know Fit Finley's son. Yeah, kind of thing like it looks like a great fucking card right now. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's exciting. I love Eddie Kingston, like I said, and just him versus Jay White, especially with that build on a Rumble on Forty Fourth Street. Uh, earlier last year to or last year also has a good like lead up to that. So, good card. So. Yeah, and um, and another thing too. Before I, before we move on, um, it, it's just kind of funny to me that WWE pushes you know Mandy from Toxic Attraction as a sex symbol from it's like a sex symbol group for most of the year, and then you know fires Mandy Rose for profiting off the shit <laughs> they built her up as, which is mind boggling to me. But you know, um, the I Trump- still put her on this list. She she did a fantastic job this year. Yeah, yeah. like I said. It's like I said, character renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to keep the toxic attraction going. Like, uh, 
uh, Gigi and the other girl. I can't remember her name. If, um, and if they want to, if they want to add somebody else to their group, there's so many possibilities and directions they can go with. You reforming Toxic Attraction. Yeah, but I mean they've been doing good. Like they had them both win the battle royale or something, and then it's like they had the match uh, against Roxanne Perez and all that. So they're trying to keep them like relevant, but I just don't know if it'll have that same appeal without you know Mandy the admittedly the bigger of the three stars like by a long shot so don't want anybody to like to be stuck in like a weird spot but I don't think they'll have the same impact that they've had the last uh, few months hmm. uh, going to six I had Mandy Rose same reason that you guys had great year re- rebuilding herself let's take that energy for Mandy Rose and wherever she goes next and just like keep this like keep this going like take books from the Chris Jericho book of reinventing herself you know like she's proven that she can do it she just needs that right you know character idea she might be one of the last ones in the no compete era so we'll see how that goes yeah she could also be the last no compete uh release with everything going on with the federal trade commission wanting uh to get rid of non-compete clauses Please which would happen. change wrestling Please in every fucking way because that means it's like you we can job re- out on monday you get you show up on dark on it's, tuesday it's it's <laughs> are we really going to fire this guy on a sunday night <laughs> or are we really going to fire this guy on a tuesday night or wednesday morning to have him show up at AEW the same day. Right. That's like Lex Luger to WCW levels of That's like you know, Jeff bullshit. Garrett level of fucking jumping shit. Yeah. Like losing the Intercontinental title and then just popping up on Nitro the very next night. Yeah. Taped it's wrestling taped wrestling led to some weird shit at some times because it'd be like, hey, yeah, he debuted really for did. WCW. His last match is that Saturday for WWF because of the taped schedule. <laughs> remember, uh, remember, uh, side tangent, sorry, uh, that that one thing where mankind won the WWF championship and they and told the, him the that WC- they Tony Schiavone told him that they won. And they lost the ratings and viewers that night because everybody wanted mankind to <laughs> Tony win. Shivani lost WCW like a half million viewers. Oh my god! Funniest shit I think I have ever seen. I'm in like my Tony, life. what are you doing? Because <laughs> I was watching Nitro when that happened. It was like, oh, work. Oh, works. <laughs> it's just like, uh, what the fuck? Like, oh that, man, don't you shouldn't do that. Yeah, ever. Uh, who do you got for six, Daka? Uh, I have uh, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I have her a Rhea, little higher. Rhea Ripley um, higher. just made just like all the shit she's doing with uh, Dominic Mysterio. All the like, I'm your mommy, you know, yeah. the 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 fucking the fucking mock uh, Eddie Guerrero shirt. Like, holy shit. And I mean, I it's know- really good. We're not applying this year's stuff, but I mean, I want to see her versus Solo after what happened on Monday. Like, I want to see that shit. Where she was like this. She was like this. That was so good. I I, I love Solo Sokoa right now. I love his character work. He just seems like this, you know, monster heel who just does not give a shit about anything. Okay? He's a hardened badass and he'll do anything. Yeah. Okay? For the bloodline. Yeah. Rhea is like 
she is big China vibes. Yeah. You know, like I, I can see her being the wrestler that WWE decides we're going to have an intergender match. Yes. And, and it's like, Absolutely. we're going to do it with Rhea because she's the only one where it's going to be fucking believable. I mean, she, she, like, she could win the she could win the United States title and it'd be believable. I want to see I, Rhea, she, I want to see Rhea crush theory and take the she's title. A, she's already body slammed. She has already body slammed theory, hasn't she? No, she's, she's body, body slammed. slammed Doc, Doc Doc Gallows. That's that's what it was. It was like 150 pounds heavier than Austin Theory. And it, it's fucking yeah. great too, because his size and everything, she made it look so fucking easy. Uh, yeah, but she's yeah. great. Uh Joining up with Edge was probably the best decision that she could have made in her career to ju- to start the Judgment Day. Yeah, and I mean, she's still the best part of Judgment Day right now. Correct. Yeah. I mean, the I don't see a lot of like. She is definitely the one that like draws the attention in the Judgment Day. Like, what the fuck is Finn? Like, Finn Balor is not doing much. He's having great matches. Don't get me wrong, but he's not doing a whole lot. Yeah, and uh. Uh, Damian Priest is he? I think he has be- he has the best promo work of the men, um, but you know he's still kind of just there compared to Rhea yeah, Ripley. They're doing tag team wrestling. Yeah. They're doing tag team, and it's always the victories with the interference. It's like that's just kind of their role right now. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting, at least in terms of us talking about it at this time frame, to see how the usual USO interference goes with the usual Judgment Day interference going to be very interesting it'd also be very interesting to see what they have you know in store for Rhea Ripley also the bloodline I mean yeah alright so, so let's go just gonna knock her in the face we'll see next Saturday not Saturday for next yeah uh alright uh X who you got for six I got Tony Storm at number six um like I said I, I think a lot I think a lot of what happened with Tony Storm in 2022 was overshadowed by Thunder Rose's injury with her as being, you know, the interim AEW Women's World Champion, and I'm kind of glad that they've dropped the interim title stuff now because it yeah, was just pointless. They officially declared her as a as an, women's champion, not an interim champion, and, and rightfully so because Tony Storm stepped in at a time where there was a little bit of uncertainty with the women's championship, and she just put on great matches. Okay, yeah. um, she put forth so much effort for her to just lose to Jamie Hayter, and uh. And which that was a banger of a match, also. I'm not even mad about that, honestly. Because and there was, was history, there was, there, history there was history to it, too. Like, you know, so they built it up really nice. And, um, I, I just think the whole thing was it, it was a bit of a disservice to Tony Storm, you know, to have her as interim champion or have that title around her. So, um, I'm glad they tried to change her to being an AEW Women's World Champion because, um, that just that I mean, that just that just wasn't fair to her. You know, yeah. she got a really, really, you know, bad rap because of that. She yeah. got a bad look at the draw. And I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping Thunder Rosa comes back and I'm hoping that is not with any kind of drama because there's been reports of like the locker room, like just not agreeing with Thunder Rosa in a lot of ways. And I would love to, for her to come back and get a more official Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm feud centered around that like championship period right but there's a like i can think of memory like thunder rosa and Britt baker just don't like each other like legitimately like they do not care for one another 
it just sounds like they hate each other. That's fine as long as yeah, that's fine as long as you know they can make it work in the ring and not try to kill each other. That's the thing. It's like it's not in the ring. It's like backstage. Like it's event issues like backstage and everything too. So there's a whole thing of like Thunder Rosa doesn't even dress in the same dressing room as the rest of the female performers anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, come just come back, cut the drama. AW does not need any more drama after 2022. Just put on yeah. banger matches because Thunder Rosa is a great fucking wrestler and I want to keep seeing her. Exactly. But uh, I had Thunder Rosa. I had Thunder Rosa on this list because uh, but I don't I made this last minute changes and I had to knock someone out and everyone else was active on the roster. Yeah. In 2022, which made me sad because I like Thunder Rosa a lot. Yeah. Um, moving to number five, I've had Alexa Bliss for all the reasons that we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. She's great coming back into form. She had title runs last year. Uh, late in the year, she started getting into the main event scene again with Bianca Belair, you know, as allies. And now recently she's turning back to the Bray side and embracing that darker character that people loved. And I mean, she's just a great performer and she's definitely going to be one of WWE's like most popular, like homegrown talents because I think, uh, she did not wrestle prior to the performance center. I think she was a, uh, uh, I think she was cheerleader and everything. She was was like like athletic fitness competitor or something. Fitness competitor. Yeah. So she's, 100% 100% WWE talent and I mean she's a guaranteed Hall of Famer at this point yeah for sure so it's just it's nice to see her back in the title picture again yeah it's weird to talk about her as like a future Hall of Fame or like a shoe in Hall of Fame she's still pretty young yeah she's like she's like 31 yeah she's like a little bit younger than us I think so but, mm-hmm. but given the body of work Alexa Bliss has had you know this just gets go back a little bit. You know, she's been what a five time women's champion, four or five times. She's won the Raw women's title a few times, the SmackDown women's title a few times. And she came from NXT where she was just, you know, she was just mostly a manager to what, Buddy Murphy and Wesley it, Blake. In a weird coincidence, she was a manager to Buddy Murphy as a cheerleader, like Julia Hart was a cheerleader who is now a manager to Buddy Murphy. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's it's oh, really shit. weird. And, like, they, and they both have supernatural gimmicks now. Yeah, they do. Mm. Oh my god. There's so many parallels between them two. You know, Buddy Murphy is like a conduit between these women. Yeah, it's just like it's great. It's like a weird connection there, but B- Buddy Murphy's awesome, man. I just want to yeah, just point Murphy. it out. Cool. We still haven't gotten Murphy I... versus Omega. They still haven't given it to us. <laughs> Like, the game was Murphy versus Pac, which is pretty much about the same. Those are, which is they, pretty much a damn near about the same because they both have similar styles. They beat the shit out of each other in that match. I want another one. I want another Buddy versus Pac match. By People slept on Buddy. Really WWE slept on Buddy. They really did. Everybody like, slept on Buddy, true. man. That dude needs to be pushed a lot more. Yeah. But anyway, Lamin's wrestlers. So, yeah, five. Deca, who you got? Uh, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. Good choice. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think you have to give it to to her because of just the sheer dominance she had over time, and then eventually dropping the belt. Yes, but like in that time of they got they were really creative with having her drop the belt to a babyface, and then Jamie Hader eventually receiving getting the title. Yeah, 
Um, and yeah, they it took a few steps, but they got there. And I think that's I think they really wanted it on Jamie Hader, mm-hmm. while Britt but Britt Baker had it, so they had to go transitional yeah. champion, transitional champion. There you go. Yeah, and I mean we're still waiting for that obvious feud between the two of them that is going to happen one day. Like I know the thing with AW we have to remember is that it's a slow burn. Like they're going to lay a lot of, they're going to tease it a lot. And then at the right moment, they're going to pull the trigger. Most normally right before a big pay-per-view. Normally the right moment. Most of the time. Normally like at the pay-per-view or sometime before, and then it gets involved in the match. And then the next pay-per-view is when the payoff's going to be. But they have had all these teases. They've had all these teases with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, and I'm like, I need and it. Rebel. And Rebel, I'm like, I need it. I just need to see these two just wrestle each other. Like, it's just one of those things. Now it's like, give it to me, Tony. <laughs> like, we need it. But Because that's the best. That's the next big money match right there. Yeah, it is. And it's coming. The thing is, like, I think that just shows more of just the foundational difference between these companies. Tony knows we want Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter. So he's building it up and he's teasing it and he's going to wait for that moment where the powder keg is there and ready to go. If this was WWE, it would happen on a Monday and then they'd have 12 matches through four pay-per-views. And several house shows. And then it's like, we're done. It's like, we're done with this feud. (laughs) Like, just move on. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, that's just like one of those fundamental differences. The anticipation makes it so much better. I think that's why uh, the top of my list uh, is pretty much AEW wrestlers because the payoff's just better for a lot of their performances. Uh, Do you have anything else to uh, throw on there for Britt Baker? Uh, I I, I think she, yeah, I think she was just a great talent. Um, One of those people that you, one of those like aces in in the women's division for sure. When you need something Uh, done called call Britt Baker. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think some of the other women in that you guys have listed, and some of us have listed in AEW and WWE, have gotten are getting to that level. Yeah. Uh, but Britt Baker is there. She is the women's division. Like her, yeah. like her people that people that she's been feuding with, and Sheeta, Tony, like they're like the big three of the uh, women's division. But it's like it's always going to be Britt Baker, and hopefully it's not always Britt Baker in the way that it's always Charlotte Flair. Like that's the only thing I'm afraid of. Look, if Tony Khan buys WWE, I I want that match, but I I want I want Britt Baker to go into business for herself and just go like this the whole time. <laughs> yeah, just. <laughs> oh man. Just throw a couple potatoes. It's okay. See, here's the thing. That's for the people who don't know. There is the report that the Khan family is along the list of buyers for WWE. And I can only hope that Tony Khan gets the full sandbox. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely shocked the hell out of me when I heard that. Because I'm like, wait, wait, these guys were in the pool to buy this fucking company. Monopolies monopolies are bad. However, however, when the monopoly, when the potential monopoly is also working with other promotions instead of its own island. Yes, there's a little it's a little more relief to it it's a little easier to swallow yeah uh x who you got for five um i'm gonna go nxt with this route uh roxanne perez great Um, great great year great rookie year okay um, (laughs) um see the thing is 
I can't necessarily call Roxanne Perez. I mean, she's a rookie in WWE, obviously, because she just got there. But she was like Elena Black or something, I think. Yeah. Or she did. Oh, so, she did no, some she dark. Rock, no, she was Roxy in Ring of Honor. Okay. Because yeah. the thing was, she started out the year as the Ring of uh, the first ever Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Because I guess they changed it. Because I think the Ring of Honor Women's title used to be called the Women of Honor Championship, but I guess they changed it at some point. So they held this big tournament, and I watched some of it. She was one of the standouts in that tournament. Okay, and she's just really, really good in the ring. All right. Promo work, yeah, man, whatever. You know, she'll get better at that in NXT, in NXT and WWE in general. But when she got the WWE, you know, they pretty much threw her in the deep end and strapped the rocket to her. Okay. She was just having these banger matches. She was just having these big matches out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay. I, I see why they're getting behind her because she's really good. But I think, what st- I think what stuck at home for me was when she was in this feud with Cora Jade and they put her on SmackDown because she had to go find somebody to beat Cora Jade's ass. Oh yeah. She, you know, she dominated went. the performance. Like yeah. one match you know, and, and they were like, we're, uh, we're good. Her put yeah. everything on her. Right. Well, see, they, put, they put her with, I think was Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi against damage control. And she looked like she had been on the SmackDown roster for like five years. So mm-hmm. I'm like, where the hell did they get this girl from? I mean, everybody's just probably thinking, where the hell did they get this girl from? I'm like, well, she was that good in Ring of Honor, and she just kind of didn't lose a step when she got in the NXT. And now she's the NXT Women's Champion, and she's just putting on all these great matches. And I'm like, see, I, I don't think she's going to be down there too much longer, okay? Because she is probably going to be on the roster at some point this year. Yeah. The term breakout performance comes to mind when you see... When you just see how natural like Roxanne Perez looks when when in the match, and just like like you said, in in on SmackDown, like she's been there for you know half a decade. You know, and, and on top, and, and then on top of that, you know, she's only twenty one. Okay, I'm mad that Nintendo some gave, people are so naturally talented, and I'm not. <laughs> yeah, she's twenty one years old and that naturally talented. Okay, the GameCube is as old as she is. Okay, <laughs> not because I, 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 she was born. First of all, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> second of all, uh, second of all, um, I don't think it's it's another one of those things that I'm gonna keep harping on. You can learn how to do a drop kick. You gotta do the drop kick at the right time, and I think Roxana Perez does that. Yeah, it's like I just hate people that are so naturally gifted it infuriates me because it's like you worked hard at it sharky <laughs> work hard at it but i mean like that's I the thing like you can work hard at it. not you can work hard at it but like there are some people that also just have like a natural gift for she's, stuff she's, like she's this. not a logan paul situation like sharky. that's the thing like that's the thing i'm mad that logan paul's as good as he is i hate uh, I it know. i, I hate it so much i know <laughs> I kept him off my top 10 for a fucking reason. And that's just spite. <laughs> like <laughs> he would have been on know. it. He would have been on it, but I kept him off. <laughs> he was one of my honorable. Honestly, he was one of my honorable mentions, but I'm not going to go into that. He had no right. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> he has for no me. right to be that good. Tra- tragic. That person you don't like is actually good at wrestling. <laughs> but, Roxanne Perez, but Roxanne Perez is on my top five. She is in my top five of the top 10 list for that reason. You know, I just think she's naturally gifted and she is a likable baby face. 
mm -hmm. comes off very naturally. She's got 25-ish years left in her for this. Like he has, he has like 30. She has like what? 25, 30 years before. 30 years left in her career. Yeah, because that's and she's uh, that good already. That's like Trish Stratus and Lita age. I think they're like upper 40s, early 50s now. Mm -hmm. And like they're still performing great. So it's like if she keeps this up, I mean she's she's here for the next few decades, and the crowd's gonna love it. Like, um. Yeah, move on to number four here. Mm -hmm. I have a Bianca Belair. Okay. Just a great year for her. Uh, I mean, she was dominant in NXT, and I'm happy that WWE put as much into her as they did. Say, I mean, it's kind of a thing with WWE when it comes to black performers. They're never really going to fully invest in them. It's something that we've seen a lot over and over Booker and T versus Triple H. He, it took him longer to pin him than the actual match. I mean, they did invest, <laughs> I mean, they did invest in Lashley, Bobby Lashley, but you know, but, Bobby Lashley's a fucking tight. But then it's like when Kofi Kingston wins the title and it's like, hey, he's not the champion we want. So here's Brock squashing him. Yeah. Like it, it just it's a thing that even if they don't know they're doing it, it is a thing that keeps happening. So the fact that Bianca Belair has been able to be shown as dominant as she is and Charlotte Flair coming back and getting the other title and not taking it off of Bianca, who they did wrong by having Becky squash her. But oh, then she came back and got the belt off of Becky in a great, you know, kind of we fucked up. We admit that we fucked up. <laughs> it's just like the fact that they've let her just be like this. The, uh, be the the main woman on their roster for the Raw title is just it's Becky, it's great. Becky Lynch has been one of my favorites forever, but I left her off this list, or I actually just put her as an honorable mention because of that entire year one. I did not like it. Yeah, at all. It's like, but so the fact that she's been able to be as dominant as she is, it just shows that if this is Trips's decision, then he is trusting her a lot, and he it's a great position for her to be in. I have, I have Belair around here too. Um, I have Belair at number three. I have her at two. Who you got oh, uh, for four though, Decca? Tony Storm. All the reasons mentioned above. <laughs> uh, all the, all the, all the, oh, sorry. Uh, all the reasons mentioned above. Um, Tony Storm is just, you know, great athlete. Uh, Oh, I would say like not not the ace, but like the workhorse. Yeah, she's definitely the workhorse of the women's division. Like you, you, the the best women in your division are always going to be the ones that like it, I kind of like and you'll see this. This is a preview for the tag team. But kind of what I like about the elite uh, is, you know what you're getting out of them every single time they step in the ring. Yeah, every single time. They're they're flippy. They're entertaining. They do super kicks. Uh, they pose. Um, they make fourth wall jokes. Uh, and you know that's what you get every single solitary time. And that's what I like about Tony Storm is she just performs every single time. Yeah, she just had banger matches with Thunder Rosa, with like you know uh, Brit, with everybody. Yeah, I mean, and at the time of us opposing this. I mean, it's her versus Willow Nightingale, I think, tonight. 
and i can I imagine and i mean that also just shows willow nightingale's ability like she had that street fight match and then she's right back into this shit <laughs> wrestling tony storm like nothing happened yeah so definitely uh so, uh aws picked up some more course uh women and it's great to see that in a division yeah because even if you're not like winning the title i mean even if you don't like them i mean tay and anna jay they still wrestle they still put in the performances they may be sloppy at times but they will go out there and do what you need them to do and it's like it's great that they're not like in the title pictures or anything because they can fill that role of you know the mid-card women's division yeah ty and anna you know i i think they just need to get i mean they need to get out of the jericho they need to get you out know, of the Jericho thing. They need to get out of the Jericho appreciation society. But you know, Ty and Jay, they've been really hard workers, and I think they get, you know, I think they just get on. They just get shit on more than, you know, people. I don't know why they wanna, just shit on them so much. You want to know? You want to know something? You want to know something really funny? Um, beside there, there are four women in AEW who look remarkably similar to the point that I I get face blind every time I see one of them. Yeah. Ty and Anna are, are two of them. Yeah. Uh, Julia Hart and apparently Marina Shafir. Uh, yeah. They just they, they there's some weird like dissonance going on. I can for see. Me I can see Anna J. Yeah, I can see Anna J. Tay and Julia Hart because they are kind of like the same physical size and appearance. Yeah, they're about the same size. Uh, when we mentioned when when the the when we, well, I was talking about the Marina Shafir promo earlier, I thought it was. Either Ty or Anna or or um, Julia Hart, because I was like, I I can't put a face to this person. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you the problem. It starts with B, ends in Lond. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. That's the problem. Yeah. Give them different hair colors, and just let them, let them pick their own hair color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give yeah, Julia, give Julia Hart like you know, um, gothic, gothic, gothic black. Give yeah. them black hair. I want to see that. It's so funny because you say that and then I think about it and it's like all the women that they have on their dark matches stand out more in like physical yes, appearances. But like they're none of the main roster people. The like, only ones that they're stand all the, out. They're all the, enha- they're all the enhancements talent. And I'm like, all these people have like a good look to them. All, the only one that stands out, I'm going to say this and everyone's going to be mad at me. The only one that stands out is Jade Cargill because she's like a foot taller than everyone else. And her ass is always hanging out. And she hasn't been around, but like Abaddon too. Like she had and a great look. Somehow, and I, just, I don't know if there's I don't know if it's wig or hair extensions, but them shits look good. Jay Cargill yeah. is just a good looking woman. She really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like like I said, the only other person that stands out as an individual is Abaddon, but she's kind of been missing in action. For... He's injured. Okay. Abaddon and Nyla Rose have like unique, unique phys- physicalities, yeah. Yeah. And Nyla yeah. works as the in a non-disparaging way, she kind of works as the Nia Jax for the women's division, where it's like when you need that monster to come in that isn't in a title picture, you send uh, Nyla against whoever, and it gives like yeah. the baby face like versus monster feel. Yes. So she, everybody fills their role in the division really well, even if they're not like full-time performers like Julia Hart, who is more of a, you know, mouth. Like- she's part of an ex- she's part of a group, but she's not like a manager. She's just there. And it adds another dynamic to things. I would like for them to fill Abaddon on AEW a little more. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think she's an interesting character. She really is. I mean, now you got Dan House, you got Dan Housen. So it's like, 
okay, we can bring in uh, the weird, like, weird supernatural stuff again. Mm-hmm. Um, did we get to X who had who X at number four was? No. Um, I had Thunder Rosa at number four for obvious reasons. Um, she just had an incredible 2022 before injury. Um, mm-hmm. she is probably one of the hardest working women in that company despite all the backstage stuff we already yeah. talked about that but mm. Thunder Rosa when she gets out there she puts on incredible matches and she puts on effort and uh and I think she was injured for most I think she had another injury before her back injury so maybe that hampered her ability in the ring just a little bit but when she got out there she just put forth the most effort in these matches and it's understandable why they gave her the AEW Women's World Job Championship because they were going to build her to be like the workhorse of that division. It just so happens that Jamie Hayter came along and just kind of overshadowed that a little bit. But yeah, you know, but uh, it no, I like Thunder Rosa, and I mean, I wish she had a better twenty twenty two. Just but you know, injuries happen and everything all the time. Yeah. Uh, I wish they would have made a call with the world title better because I feel like her injury also kind of dampened Tony Storm stuff a little bit because she wasn't champion at the yeah. time. It was just like, you got to make a, that's more of like a booking decision, but you're right. I mean, Thunder Rosa and experience, I mean, she's a veteran of the industry and when she goes out there, she knows how to put on a performance yeah. and everything. And I don't think I've in AEW. I don't think I've seen a bad Thunder Rosa match. I don't, I, I don't think I have either. And uh, um, I've well, seen maybe there's one or two here and there, but it doesn't happen at all. I, I say this as a certified Thunder Rosa lover. I have seen matches where you know it, 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 it kind of looks like she's going to business for herself. Yeah, that's a that might be another thing that might be the backstage problems. Yeah, it looks a little look that. looking a little stiff there. I I want to see her do a stiff hit to Jamie Hayter and to Jamie Hayter just to give her a receipt like right off the bat, <laughs> like <laughs> just end the match with like two black eyes. It's like, bro, you are hitting an angry British female wrestler. Like, <laughs> you're not going to survive this. An angry British woman. They're in general. built different. Uh, yeah, let's go on to yeah. Thunder Rose is great. I hope that she does come back without the backstage politics issue. And she gets put on bangers with everybody because they, they have a really good women's roster. It's just a lot of those like top names are currently out, you know, with injuries. Uh, my number three, Rhea Ripley. I, she's had a great year. I mean, enough said she's the best part of judgment day. She's serious while also comedic with Dom. Uh, and I mean, in recent things like seeing her get into the face of, you know, Solo, Sokoa, I really want to see that match. And I hope that WWE pulls the trigger on that match. It just gives it to us. Like, it would be just great to see. You don't even have to have a my, definitive winner, like do some kind of DQ finish. I know they don't want to do my, the whole men versus women thing, but my my one fear with it is that in the eyes of, you know, your average like your your rank and file WWE fan, it's gonna it's gonna make Solo look weaker. Yeah. Because, you know, the average fan is a sexist racist piece of shit. Yeah. Right. I mean wrestling kind of 
does feel like majority white guy sport. So yeah, and I mean back in the origins of it, it's like southern white guy sport. <laughs> so going even further than that, it's like carny shit. It's like carny, yeah, it's straight carny shit. And they bled every single show in those days. Yep, it was I'm just glad, so many of those matches where they just fucking bled left and right. I will say I am also, glad that I, I will say that I am glad that wrestling is starting to have these figures though. People like Bianca Belair. Uh, Jade Cargill as champions like it's been a long time coming and I think with Thunder Rosa she was the first uh, Latin American woman to win a world title in a North American promotion at like, the main event of said North American like promotion the actual world title in any major US promotion she was the first Latin America woman and it's like I'm glad we're seeing these you know developments and everything and it, it just feels good to see and I want more people to you know tune into this yes they also did in her hometown which is like a straight just middle finger to wwe because they would have she would have lost in her hometown so yep. uh i wish i could have seen it yeah number three Rhea, great year and i can only see where this is going to go and number three for you deck uh bianca Belair. Yep. um much the same reason wonderful year like fantastic uh the only other WWE pick after Bianca Belair is the reason she's not up there for me. Um, I say it as we're at her top three. Um, and uh, but I, every time Bianca Belair is in the ring, cutting a promo in a match, coming to the ring, she, all your all of your attention is focused on her because she does her little, little hop skip to the ring. She's like whipping her hair, whatever it's whatever it takes, like your eyes are just naturally drawn to her. She has this presence about her, her, you know, it's not even about character work. It's just natural charisma. It just comes so naturally to her. She's a great baby and face. She's a wonderful baby face. I thought she was a good heel in NXT though. I will say that, yeah. uh, I, you know, using the, using the hair, hair as, as a board weapon. I know as a whip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, I thought that was, I thought that was a good gimmick in, in NXT. She did um, the but, Becky stomach too in a match, I think too. Yes, it, it was. Uh, uh, she hit. Uh, she hit Mercedes Monet with that. You know, Sasha, the form, all this formerly known as Sasha Banks. It was stomach it looked like a huge welt across her stomach. <laughs> was, was the was Belair's match with um with what's her name this WrestleMania? The Becky 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 yes yeah that was this WrestleMania oh, so, so, that was. Easily one of the best match, one of the best women's matches in that WWE. Was her regaining the title. Yeah, that was yes. her winning the yeah. title back. Yes, that's Damn, easily one of the. Insane. Yeah, they gave her name a year long one. Yeah, that's one of the best. That is easily one of the best um, women's matches in WWE in a very long time. It was a really good match. Uh, yeah, it, di it didn't go too long either. I think it was probably like a good 15, 20 minutes. That's all but you need. It it was just a great match between the two of them. And it was that mm -hmm. feel-good moment of redemption after the squash for Bianca to hold that title. Yes. So, who do you got, uh, uh, X? I got Jamie Hader at number three. Mm -hmm. Because uh, for all the reasons you all listened about Jamie Hader, she is just, you know, a hard hitter. Okay? She has, I think, I don't know if she wrestled in Japan, but I think she has. Uh, she's adapted that style. I think she was in stardom. I think yeah, she I think was she probably was in stardom, 
around she the same time adapted. Bia was. Jamie Hader has adapted the best parts of both British and Japanese wrestling. If you haven't noticed, she is just so good at it. And every one of her match, and when you put her in a match with somebody else who can hit just as hard as she has, you are going to get something fantastic. I think they put the picked the perfect person to lead this division for a while with Jamie Hader. Okay, and that's kind of the per- and she's kind of the woman you build your division around. You know, and she could cut decent promos. And you know, she has this kind of, you know, cool demeanor, you know, cool laid back demeanor and all, but she's fucking intimidating. And she has I- she has a factor to her that's like if she punches a dude in the face, she's probably going to lay him out on the ground. Mm-hmm. But she looks good doing it. Yeah, and uh, I, I have Jamie Hader's number two for me. Yeah, she's just she's she's just a great. Uh, I mean, she's just great. Okay, mm-hmm. and the crowd has gotten behind her recently because they just want they just want to love Jamie Hader. Okay, they do, and I, and it's understandable. And she's earned it. It's completely understandable why this crowd will get behind her because she's just that good, and she wrestles herself damn near to the point of exhaustion in some of those matches, and she still makes it look good. So yeah, she's had a great year. She was had a fantastic twenty twenty two. Yeah, she's the she's a great enforcer. And it's like it's weird because like you when you think about like the term enforcer in wrestling, it's always the guy helping somebody win a match. This is like to, yeah, this is the inf- this is the head. enforcer being the center of attention yeah. in the duo, which she, I think is also. She, it's another element of that story that I can build up on of it's like, oh, you're taking the limelight from from Britt Baker now. You know, it's yeah. like Rich Shawn Michaels and she's Diesel. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's that exactly dynamic. It is. Uh, on to number two. I mean, we've talked about her already. I had Willow. It's just been a great debut and just like a great debut and rapid like rise to the top of fans. And I mean, I love watching her wrestle. I love everything about her. I love the uh, Twitter post where she calls Eddie Kingston Edward, and he, she's the only one that's allowed to do so. Uh huh. So I really like uh, the out of out of like ring stuff with her and some of the guys who are like the tough guys. And it's like just she can expose like the soft side and everything. Um, I just want to see where she goes from here. Like I love I love it as like a kind of just new face on the scene you know she's probably been wrestling in other companies uh the smaller indies but she's like finally in like the public's you know view and i want to see where she can go with that yeah and uh who you got for two uh i have uh jamie hater like all the mentions we, all, all the mentions all the reasons we mentioned above um, just overall wonderful talent. Yeah. Uh, great, great in the ring. Pretty good, good enough, good enough on promos. Here's the secret: you don't actually have to be amazing at promos. You just have to put your point, get your point across. Yeah. You, you just you have to be some, passable. Yeah, you have to be. You only have to be passable. Like the bar is in hell for for American promos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bar is literally in hell. Um, so as long as you can get your point across, you know, promote the next pay-per-view, you're doing great. As and as, Jamie Hayter does really good at those. Yeah, as long as you can build anticipation. Yes. 
Um, <laughs> and I, th- I think her, I think her character work is also pretty good. As like y'all said, the the enforcer role, but also uh, kind of doing the Sami Zayn, where she's like uh, taking the spotlight away from Britt Baker, and it's it's gonna come to a head at some point. Yeah, it, it is not gonna be a Kevin Steen El Generico rivalry, but I can definitely see the Jamie Hayter Britt Baker being like a long standing story in uh, AEW, like even years down the line, it's like they are still the people who will eventually start going at it again. Yep. So who you got X? Uh, I got Bianca Belair at number two. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about Bianca Belair in depth so far on some of the, um, throughout this, throughout this episode. And, uh, Bianca Belair does have a charm to her. Mm-hmm. Okay. She can go out there. She still feels fresh, even after I don't know how many days as champion. You know, three hundred some odd days. If she got she at WrestleMania, certain... that's almost a year now. I think almost a year now because we're coming up on WrestleMania season. You know, yeah. we're right at the Royal Rumble, so she's been champion almost a year, and yet it never felt like she's tapered off a bit, not even once. Bianca just keeps the she's ultra charismatic, you know, and she is, you know, again charisma and stage presence she wraps it up as this nice little bundle you know and i get it you know and sometimes we you know a lot of people tend to shit on black women as, as wrestlers because they seem to have yeah. the similar gimmicks to each other but no I, I just think that that's just a superficial take on it and okay bianca belair say it's racist yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's very racist and superficial in some ways and I know we, we throw that term around a lot, but in, in this case, I'm just going to say it's superficial. Mm. Bianca Belair has some depth to her. You know, sometimes she comes off super tough. Sometimes she comes off funny as hell in promos. And she has a great range to her that she can just make it all work in this nice little bundle. Okay. She can throw on, and she obviously is good in the range. She throws on incredible matches. Okay, like the one of the best women's matches of 2022 was that match with Becky at WrestleMania. Yep. And her and Becky just work together so well because they can get really serious and then they can get really comedic at the same time. Yeah. So and make it work. The have y'all seen the side by side of uh Bianca and Alexa with scary movie? Oh yeah, it did their match had a bunch of scary <laughs> movie things, especially like holding the head back and like Alexa yeah. swinging. They just did the can- uh they did the fight of her. It's like, this bitch is coming out of your TV. <laughs> this week can tell two people are friends in real life outside of the ring. Okay, because they, they both love that shit. Yeah. You know. Has anybody done that to Alexa? Like, holding just the head back because she's, like, shorter than so. them? Or is that just only Belair who can do that because of the actual, like, height difference between the two of them? I think it's a little bit of both. But, well, also, Alexa Bliss is, like, five foot one. So yeah. I think a lot of the women Small. can feasibly do that. Uh, I looked up uh, Bianca's title reign is currently at uh, 289 days. So almost Ooh, 300 days go. as champion. And uh, it's and it's wild champion. too. I mean, she debuted in 2016. Uh-huh. So less than a decade under under her belt. And like this is the level she can perform at. It's, it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. She's 33. She still has... Mm-hmm you know, years ahead of her, too. She has plenty of time left. She's still in her prime. She is. And, I mean, they're building a division around her. And, I mean, more than likely, they're going to... Knowing WWE, the belt's going to go back on to Alexa with the storyline 
most likely. And uh, then there'll be whatever feud carries over. But I can see her being a constant in the Raw women's title picture. Especially yeah. if they keep Charlotte on SmackDown so they can kind of keep those separate. Because those seem like the two people they want to keep putting the belts on. At least uh, I, as the years go on, I can see those two being the go-to you know, champions. Mm-hmm. Maybe Raquel, oh, maybe sure. maybe Raquel Rodriguez. I don't know. Like they I seem pretty high love, on her. They seem pretty high on her too. So I would love to see her on on like on that list. Yeah, I would build. I would have them build Raquel back up a little bit. You know, I just want her to be. You know, the monster she was in NXT. You yeah. know, baby face a heel. She was. She was intimidating. And destructive. She had really in, in good it. matches with who was it? Rhea Ripley, I believe. Rhea Ripley both in and Io Shirai. Yeah, incredible matches with those two. I think that's something that uh, the women division needs too. I think we need more like style clashing. You know, we need these more like powerhouse women, and then like the agile, like high flyers, and then the technical wrestlers. Like I just love seeing those styles clash, and most of the time they can bring out, you know, the best in each other. A lot of the time, if that chemistry is there, but yeah, Raquel is definitely high on a Triple H's radar. I know he's she's like one of his, you know, wrestlers. He has his like short list of his guys, and uh, I think she's definitely on that. Uh, moving on to the final ones for us for this episode, my number one is Jamie Hader. Just had that breakout year, and it's weird because I think at the end of. 2021 when she came back to help Brit win the title everybody nobody knew who she was I saw her on Twitter it's like who is this Becky Lynch wannabe you know like as they had like a very similar look when she came back and over the course of a year it's becoming this you know it's like oh like, they, she, they know they now off. know who Jamie Hayter is and right. it's just it's that thing is like she's gone from unknown to enforcer to champion in like a year and it's just been a very natural progression to it it's how you win over people you win over the fans and you get people behind you and like i said i can only hope this feud any feud with her a baker blows up because i'm ready for that but i'll take her putting on bangers with other female wrestlers just as often as they want to give it to us. So. Right. And who you got for number one, Deca? All right. I have a faction number one. Um, I have damage control. Just all of damage control. Okay. From SummerSlam, from Bailey coming back and to just sitting three there. Returns. <laughs> the three returns. Three returns at once. One of which... They, you know, you hear the commentary. I didn't even know she was contracted with Dakota Kai. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't. Like, I think yeah. that Summer, I think that SummerSlam cloud had uh, that SummerSlam cloud had um sensory overload from those three, you know, returns. Yeah, yeah. They they, they cheered for Bailey, and then they're like, "Wait, what? Wait, yeah, what?" She, she teased. Yeah. It's like I'm not I'm not here alone. And then Dakota Kai's name that hit, and then Io Shirai's name hit. <laughs> It's it just, was sensory overload. It, I loved it. Was, it, was, it was definitely like synaptic static uh, all over the place. Um, but yeah, I, th- I just think um, like they've kind of petered out since, you know, 
winning the tag titles, uh, losing them, and then winning, winning them, again. them again, I that believe. Was, that was yeah. an early misstep that I think did hurt a lot of the momentum. It's like, we are champions. We're not champions. Yeah. We're champions again. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, even in recent weeks, it's become the Bailey-Becky picture again. And I think it kind of sucks for Dakota and Io. Because it's like, okay, you're playing second fiddle to the main feud that we've had for years again. I, I, I'm I interested to see if these two, you know, go their separate ways from Bailey at some point. Because they, they've teased it in pro- promos a few times. So, you know, they're thinking about it. But it's only a ma- and it's probably only a matter of time before it actually happens. Or yeah. WWE right. doesn't keep factions together for too long. <laughs> Unless they make them a WWE- lot of money. WWE is also incapable of doing subtlety. They ha- it has to hit you in the face. Yeah, it's like what is subtle? Mm-hmm. But yeah, damage control. I mean, great debut at SummerSlam, and yeah, they've just been a constant fixture mm-hmm. on the scene, and it's been great to see. I mean, Io Shirai. Uh, I feel like WWE sleeping on her like they did with Kyrie a lot. Like yep. once they hit the main roster, it's like. What do we do with this woman who's known for doing fucking the best moonsault in the female division? <laughs> Just letting her. That's, not, that's well, if you're the only one doing the moonsault, that's not really saying much, but continue. I mean, she's she does it so clean. And I'm like, just give me more where she can just be a high flyer. I don't think she does. I think it's actually kind of like I'm a, I'm I guess I'm a little bit of a stop when it comes to moonsaults. Cause like my favorite moonsault was Jimmy Wayne Yang's, cause he's like he got a lot of hang time, and then it also like it hit right every time. You just unlocked a fucking memory with that name. You're <laughs> welcome. Ultimo Dragon for me, man, cause he just had like one of the cleanest moonsaults. He had a really good. No, and he had a moonsault named after him. I haven't, he was one of my... I haven't heard the name Jimmy Wang Yang in fucking years. <laughs> the only thing I remember Jimmy Wang Yang is that cowboy giving the cowboy hat. Yeah, he was the he was the ambassador. He was the ambassador of American and Asian relations. Right. <laughs> it's just like that was like one of the that was just one of those acts in the ruthless aggression era that people just kind of was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember it, his his promo where it was like. I ain't got no yeller in me. It's all it's all redneck. I'm like, oh god, they made him say that. Yeah. Yep, but he said but it. Yeah, he went out there and he did it. He sure did. But um, as far as Ultimo Dragon goes, uh, that was my first wrestling event in '97. When I was 15 years old, going to WCW Monday Nitro, and uh, watching that dude hit a moonsault live, it was just amazing. You know, it changed me. It changed my it changed my viewpoint of how people do that stuff. Cause they're like, he does it like he just bounces straight up and flips in the air, and just comes down in like a perfect arch, and you just can't beat that. Yeah, you know? I mean, and Eo a... does it similar to he to him, and that's what just that's just why I think he kind of has the best moonsault in pro wrestling at the moment. Yeah. He's, it's so close to Ultimo's. I think the best is like where it doesn't even look like they jump; they just yeah. like leave the turnbuckle and like the flip. Yeah. Uh, opposite end of that spectrum, worst moon salt. Can we not have Brock Lesnar do another one? He killed his neck. <laughs> like, yeah. Ever since that, that moon well, ever since that moon salt, he po- hasn't had a neck. That was supposed to be a shooting star press. That's fair, but he, ever since he hit that, he hasn't had a neck. Like, right. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's just been absorbed into the shoulder muscles. 
All right, X, who you got number one to? Uh, Rhea Ripley, for the simple fact that when she started the year, she went through so many progressions in uh, 2022. You know, she started out, I mean, she was coming off a year where she was Raw Women's Champion for a while and then lost it. I think it was Charlotte. Yeah, it was probably Um, the Charlotte feud. Coming into 2022, you know, she had that tag team with Liv Morgan, you know, and that was... Oh, did she? Yeah. (laughs) That's the one thing that people seem to forget. She came from that... You know, Rhea Ripley, they just kind of lost direction with her. But then, like, in the middle of the year, she turned heel on... um, She turned heel, joined the Judgment Day, and it just went to the moon with her. Okay? She just became a human highlight reel. Okay? She's... She's beating Dominic up every week. Has people talking. She uh she put Dominic in like a leg chokehold. Uh, like a leg scissors. Uh, what was that? Leg scissors. And yeah. the turnbuckle. That's the only time I've seen her do that in 2022. That went viral. Uh, body slamming. Um, uh, Luke Gallows, Gallows. Doc Gallows. Yeah, that was a highlight reel. Um, convincing Dominic to turn to turn on Ray and Edge to clash at the castle. And then uh, pretty much helping Dominic build his character into something that has low-key become one of the best things on Raw with uh, Prison Dom. You know, <laughs> from that progression to where he is right now, it's just, it just amazing. I feel some kind of way about Prison Dom, and it's not good. <laughs> I it's know, not but good. It's funny. To, uh, yeah, I know, but it's funny. It is to entertaining. It's entertaining I, at best. I feel dirty laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Like she, she has just been a gift to WWE and the Judgment Day this year, okay? Yes. I, I mean, and she has done all of this stuff this year without even winning a championship. Yeah, so, like, like she's doing all this without any like main title focus on her. This like, is just like character no work. Main title focus. It's just character work and just beating people relentlessly, okay? And she's just still, and she's still a strong character and strong wrestler in the ring. At the same time, and I just appreciate everything Rhea Ripley is doing in 2022. And I don't know. That's why I put her at number one, with despite not winning any championships. It's she's in a unique spot too, because a lot of the times when you get a faction like this, the female wrestler is usually a manager. She's yeah. an active performer, so like they have the Rhea Ripley problem, as they call it, where it's like how are they going to handle her because nobody wants to you know hit her or anything but she is like a force to be reckoned with on the other team and the great and the best part is she just leans into that okay she knows nobody's gonna hit her so she's like yeah yeah i mean come on like the the club had the club had to call in mia yim to try to handle rhea ripley because they could not she's in such a unique place in her faction and in the feuds that they've been in it's just and it's believable. It's believable. She makes this all believable. Okay. She's that much of a menace in WWE right now on Raw. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I can only hope to see like the evolution of it because hopefully there is an evolution of it. And it's not just the, you know, same thing for the next however many feuds they go through. I mean, she did beat Akira Tozawa on Raw recently. Akira, Akira Tozawa coming back and stealing JBL's hat. I think he's found his spot in WWE again as like the comedy wrestler because <laughs> Tozawa has no right to be that funny. 
but he does it so effortlessly and i'm thinking about it and i'm like this is a guy who tag teamed with kevin owens on the indies like (laughs) and now he's just like stealing jbl's cowboy hat and carrying on the spirit of jimmy wang (laughs) yang that's who kind of reminds me of now but uh full circle full circle um but yeah great list from everybody i mean we had a lot of the same names just different places uh for a lot of the same reasons i guess it's just kind of weighed separately for a lot of us uh yeah very interesting sure how to weigh the women to be honest because like uh the ones that are standout are going to be one two and three like and we proved that by our one two and three being almost identical I, I had a cop out and put a faction there, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah, it, those were the biggest three for me this year, you know, because those were the ones that whenever I watched women's wrestling in any promotion, those were the three that stood out right then and there. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Even when I went to AEW and uh, WWE twi- live twice, you know, they've been the standouts. That's the people everybody wanted to see. They're and I, pretty much the forefront of these uh, women's wrestling right now. Yeah, and I think when we were talking about this, I I think we even agreed that, you know, the women's list would be probably weighed a little differently, considering how differently they're often treated in the promotions. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, part two. And uh, the next episode is going to be the fun one because the tag teams. <laughs> and uh, I think our tag team list is actually the most varied out of all of ours. Yeah, I think we'll yeah. have some crossover, but I do think we have uh, a lot of tag teams there's a lot of tag teams in wrestling nowadays. Um, Remember when they weren't there? A lot of tag teams in wrestling. Looking yeah, at that was mine, like two, that was like two years ago. What's funny about <laughs> mine is that I'm looking at mine, okay. and this is tag team. But I think most of these, because of how wrestling is now, I think most of these are trios. So, um, but yeah, it could be tag team slash. You're not wrong. It could yeah. be tag team slash. I'm looking faction. at my list, and I'm like, that's a lot of trios I have on that list. You're not wrong. Um. But yeah, so we are coming about an hour and a half now, so won't keep the viewers uh, here much longer. Uh, Thank you guys for hanging out on this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the list. We'd love to hear in the comments uh, if you guys had any thoughts about women's wrestlers. Like we said, we don't watch every promotion all the time, and I know that there's a ton of smaller indies out there. Maybe there's a star making performance that people just haven't seen yet. I mean, I wish I could watch more stardom, but I, I don't. And I know that that is a whole roster of women who would kick each other's ass on free TV. So it's definitely a I'm glad to see that there is improvement. So like we're not in that yes. weird era of 15 years ago, you know, it was there's was there's a weird period too when they got into the PG area where they didn't do bra and panties matches. So the sex appeal has gone, but they didn't do anything else either. Yeah, it, it just... wasn't until Bella and uh, AJ Lee and Paige and everybody came in where we started getting actual like in-ring performances. Mm. It was back when NXT was, you know, like a seasonal TV show right after uh, on Tuesday nights, I believe. It was like right after they got rid of ECW. That's kind of where it started because NXT season three was all women. And that was the season when they had AJ Lee and uh, Naomi on there. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let us know what you guys thought about these lists. Uh, if you have a list of your own, we'd love to see it. And uh, next week, 
if we can't get an episode recorded, uh, you all will see part three on Friday, but if not, you'll see part three on Monday. So some double episodes potentially, if you guys, uh, want your fix of wrestling and us, uh, anybody have anything else to say? Go watch. Yeah, well, you're not. Go watch Rampage. That that's what I'll say. Go watch yeah, Rampage. This comes out at three o'clock on a Friday. Go watch Rampage tonight. I'm pretty sure oh, the yeah. card's banger. So I go back and watch Dynamite somehow after that. You know. Yeah, I also I like how the the schedule stagger out because you could watch SmackDown and then watch Dynamite or Rampage uh-huh. or vice versa. So you can get double the dose of wrestling. So mm-hmm. two different promotions. Different promotions. Three hours, two promotions. One night. But yeah, uh, as always, if you're watching this and you haven't subscribed to the channel, we would greatly appreciate that. And if you want more variety and stuff, check out uh, Dummies and D20s, where we're playing uh, D&D 5th Edition with a modified rule set right now. And we'll be moving it's, on to other it's campaigns. It's Naruto. It's Naruto. It's Naruto. It's Naruto. It's run by our good friend Kevin, and it's a great campaign. And uh, yeah, go back and watch some of the back episodes where we talk about wrestling. I know we had a episode that got... A good response about the whole uh, CM Punk situation from a long time ago. You can hear our thoughts on that. Might be bad in retrospect, but who knows? And yeah, I think that'll be it. So thank you guys for joining us on this episode, and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Good night.